0: All right, Mister and Miss America, all the ships at sea, at Sheen for calmly confidential. Today we're going to have another wonderful interview with Paul Giannamori. Uh, side note on that: last time we spoke to Paul, he had said he was uh, the way the economy was going, or things were shifting. He was going to thinking of investing in different things, and I listened, paid attention, and thank you, Paul. I bought a bunch of uh, Exxon
1: stock. That's the one. There you go. Joey Buns, The Brains. We're fortunate again to have Paul Giannamori of the Potomac Group, always talking about m a what's going on in pest control. He's on the Boardroom Buzz podcast that everybody's listening to. They recently reached a milestone of hundred thousand downloads. Congratulations to you and Patrick and the entire uh, group.
2: Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. It's been fun. As you guys know, producing a podcast is a total pain in the ass, like scheduling this stuff and trying to run a business here. And yeah, it's a lot of work. You guys have really done an excellent job over the years. You're probably the longest running one in the industry. So congratulations to you guys as well. Thank you.
1: You got content laid up forever with all the MA. As soon as a guy sells or a girl sells or whoever, boom, they come on a podcast and give all their trade secrets. That's right. <laughs>
2: it's funny cause we can't get, it's really hard to get current clients that are doing really cool shit to come on the show. Because they don't want to give away the secret sauce so it's like they none of these guys are willing to talk until they sell and then of course they give away everything but no it's been good it's been fun do some different stuff though guys it's, you're, you do a podcast and at some point it becomes groundhog's day right and Our show is different than yours. You guys are really in the trenches and you talk a lot about stuff that are impacting directly owners. You guys have technical stuff. Heard you guys get some insurance folks on HR related. So you're really mixing it up and you're doing some some cool stuff. So keep up the excellent work here in the industry. Thank you. Listen, I know as a guest, I'm supposed to be asked questions. However, I always love to get the New York Metro update from you guys. So I'm going to ask you some questions. I still notice... I mean, shit, up in New York, people are actually wearing masks. You go down in the South and it's like COVID doesn't exist. How has business been in the first quarter, specifically on the commercial side in New York Metro?
1: We've been fortunate. We did a lot of deals in the beginning. They'll keep us on, okay. whatever. But it's coming back. So as far as our corporate office space is back up and running, the restaurants are pretty much back up and running. The only things that a lot of people lost their livelihoods. That's it. That's the real shitty side. You know what I mean? We lost a large account that had the worst margins, probably in history, only to lose it to a huge company that went in lower than us, which is comical. But we've made that up. Our gross profit has risen about 15% and the net profit is up about 5%. So I'm happy about that. But even with that, we're still rocking and rolling. The biggest hit has really been bed bugs and our canine division. Yeah. And it's because of the lack of
2: movement. I've just been toiling in the MA vineyard. It's as you guys know, uh, we, we chatted at the end of fourth quarter, it was wicked busy and, and it stayed that way this year.
1: So that's good because what is going on over there now? Because the tax situation, there's so many variables that are going to make what just when you thought it couldn't get worse or more busy, it's probably going to.
2: Yeah. I, last year, so when we talked, it was after the election. So tax policy or expectations for a change in tax policy kind of drove a lot of the decisions last year. People up, you know, as we got to the general election, everyone was concerned about a Biden win and let's get out now because if they change tax law in 21, uh, we're in trouble. So now we've got Biden in and you guys are looking at the rhetoric. I mean, I, I read about what The New York state legislature is doing up in Albany, and everyone's screaming bloody murder about state taxes, and Manhattan might be the most heavily taxed jurisdiction in the United States soon, beating California, between city, state, and local. So it's all of this uncertainty, I think, is making people, it's making owners say, hey, if I'm going to be getting out at some point in the near future, I might as well get out now. And on top of that, Joe, we've seen valuation multiples have continue to be propped up just because of all the government fiscal and monetary stimulus. So I think what'll happen is we will probably see north of 2 billion dollars in M&A transactions in the global pest control industry this year which would break a record. We've never seen we've never seen more than 1.8 or 1.9 billion. I think we definitely get over 2
1: this year. And when you say that number you're talking about not the actual dollar value of the company but the valuation of it so if they're getting three to one that's where you're getting the two billion from me
2: yeah, yeah so where i'm getting the number is the that number is the acquisition spend so it's the total dollar amounts that change hands so the right. big companies will probably spend over two billion this year buying up smaller companies yeah that's crazy yeah
1: so when is this bubble gonna
2: burst I don't know, man, (laughs) if if I knew that you and I wouldn't be chatting right now, I would clearly be doing something more lucrative. I I don't know. It's one of those things where, in my mind, I feel like central banks around the world are really boxed in. They can't normalize monetary policy. And I think it comes down to they're either they're gonna be forced to make the decision where if they normalize policy, they blow up the economy. If they don't normalize policy, they end up kicking the problems upstairs to the sovereign level, and then it becomes a currency issue. And I think that's ultimately where we're going. It's not 1981 or 1982. I know you, Joe, you and I were eating Play-Doh and shitting our pants back then. But Ed, you remember the late seventies and the early eighties when Volcker came in and elected and he had the 81, 82 recession. And he said, there's gotta be a lot of pain because we've got to purge this system and we gotta get rid of this double digit inflation. And we had the deepest recession in 81, 82 than we had since the great depression at that period of time. But they worked the inflation kinks out of the system, and as you'll recall, by nineteen what was it? The nineteen eighty four general election. It was what was that quote? "Morning in America." You remember that?
0: Yeah, I do remember that. It's "Morning in America."
2: Yeah. So <clears throat> I don't know when this consolidation bubble blows up. I used to try to prognosticate. Now I just realize that you know, I, I really don't have any ideas. So I just look at what's going on in the here and now. And I was never. For years, I was never the guy to say, Hey, it's a seller's market. You got to get out now. I was always really just focused on monitoring the situation and trying to help our clients make the right decisions for them. As we have gotten into 21, I've gotten more and more looking at this saying, If you're close to retirement, then at some point you become an idiot for not pulling the trigger, just given what's going on. Because we know it'll all change, but everyone's situation is different. And it's
1: got to change
2: because it's, it, it- True or false? These are probably hard for
1: you to say. So I'll just say no, just say it. It's over these are we're over-evaluating these businesses. Four to one at some point. It's like Tesla and all these other properties. It's speculative to a certain extent. Because to a certain extent, aren't the buyers speculating on the potential growth of the business that they're buying and hoping that it works? Which I you probably have better documentation than me, but Termin export assured and how many businesses were created by that and how much did they actually lose? So what's the real, are they over them? Uh,
2: uh, absolutely. The The implied forward return of any sort of income-producing asset is directly based on what you pay for it, right? The higher the price you pay for it, the lower the forward implied returns are. So we're in a market right now where... The forward, the implied returns on a pest control acquisition are are somewhere in the mid to low single digits, which is not sustainable. And so that will obviously change. And I, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in mean reversion. You're gonna have you're gonna have massive dips. At, at some point, things tend to be mean reverting, and the pest control market will be mean reverting. These multiples will go back down to where they were historically, but it's gonna be. A very interesting next few years, given we've got an administration now that's focused on really spending a tremendous amount of, a tremendous amount of money and, and taking it out of all pockets. Absolutely. It's one of those things, Joe, where if you look back historically, when we were just talking about the early eighties, well, we had treasury bonds trading, they were yielding seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11% and the federal reserve cranked up the discount rate drove up the yields on bonds to track foreigners. And in the eighties, it was the Japanese buying the bonds. Now we just don't have foreigners buying US bonds and it's really the central bank buying them. And so we're effectively monetizing the debt, which I think is gonna turn into a very big problem. I know over the years, you and I have talked a lot about, I'm all about international diversification because I have a lot of concerns about, I have concerns about what Trump did. I have concerns about what Biden did. I I don't trust Congress so anyway.
1: Yeah, and, and look, foreigners are buying real estate in the US now. Why buy a fucking bond when you could buy an 80 million dollar apartment that's worth 110 in 5 years? That's right. That's right? We see it all the time in 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 places that we service in the New York City area. The building is 85% full, but there's only 50% people living there because every unit above $10 million is a foreigner that bought it just to park money out of their country.
2: So what do you guys think about New York in general from a population perspective? Do you think that this whole exodus will continue out of the metro area into places like Florida, for example?
1: No, I don't think so. I think, so It. I'm in a networking group every Thursday it's all builders and everybody in the commercial uh, space of New York city. Mm -hmm. And when I started with them three months ago, it wasn't, a lot of them were dying, trying all things wait, we hear it's coming back. But now the amount of deals being done, the amount of real estate being bought, the amount of construction RFPs and rebuilds and new builds. And uh, I think it's going to come back. I think the landscape is going to be different. I don't know if this is even possible, but there'll be more liberals in New York City. I think well, because I think that the mass exit is a lot of people that are concerned about their money and which they should be and who can afford to get out of here. And then other people see the future and what's going to happen and understand that these, to a certain extent, are the natural ebbs and flows of government, which is that it sucks no matter when it happens. you got to ride the highs and the lows a very interesting quote just about what biden is doing with the taxes somebody texted me in a group chat this is the highest tax since bush and i was like okay and then they kept going on a rant and i was like wow so we haven't gotten taxed as much since bush and it wasn't bush two it was bush one Mm -hmm. so i was like okay so we had a solid whatever that is 16 20 years of less taxes. And now we've only gone back to what it once was 20 years ago. It's not that bad. It still sucks. Don't get me wrong. But the, so it's ebbs and flows. You got to ride it when it's good. Cause, for example, for how long cause was 0% interest. Then they went back. Economy was good. Now the economy's in the shitter again. You're back to 0% interest for seven years. You just got to ride it. Like you said, buy when you can be smart with your money. So I think New York is going to be fine. I, I don't I see- think, any- I think you draw a comparison. I remember New York, I think it was the late 70s,
0: it was going bankrupt. And there was a guy, Roy, and they had to bring him in to straighten out the finances and everything. And a lot of people were bailing. And it took a while, but New York came back, eventually bigger and better than ever. Now they hit another- Bump in the road, this is more than a bump in the road, but I I think they'll come back, but it's not going to be quick. It'll come back eventually.
1: Yeah. New York is going to suffer from all of the deals, the long-term deals that were made during COVID, as far as real estate goes, in my opinion. So, you had a ton of real estate space that was being sold for hundreds of dollars less per square foot than in the height. Yeah. And they were doing long-term deals to get the money. So that'll be part of it, but the money's still going to be there. But either way, do you see, Paul, anybody taking New York's crown as the- Financial center? Yeah, the financial center of the world, if you will, aside from Switzerland, which
2: is- I I think it's at some point, it's going to happen. London used to be, in the 19th century, London, of course, was the capital. And prior to that, you had Amsterdam and Paris. So- I do think it'll happen at some point, probably not anytime in the very near future. I think New York New York's got problems. New York's problem is you've got the state of New York banging people for as much money as they can from a taxation perspective, and then New York being part of the United States, US blowing as much money as it is. It's we've got these massive twin deficits. I just think back when you look at things historically, the US's balance sheet was far better in the 70s and the 80s. And when you had all these other sorts of crises, even in the great financial crisis, the US's financial, its balance sheet was in much better shape than it is now. So this is potentially problematic in the relative near term. And I think a lot of, look, if you look at the financial press, everyone's worried about inflationary impulses, right? And you listen to Chairman Powell, who talks about, hey, this time it's different. The world economy is much more global. There's not going to be nearly as much wage and price pressures. But I look at it and say to myself, how is it that we can send out checks, uh, trillions of dollars in checks to everyone? A lot of folks not working. We're not producing goods. So to me, it's just more money chasing less goods and services because people aren't working. I guess my whole theory is that if we get into the same sort of predicament we were in in the late 70s, we don't have Paul Volcker to ride in and save us and raise the discount rate to 20%. Just jack up interest rates, halt the economy. We're far too levered. So the US has kicked the financial problems up to the sovereign level. And so it's a, uh, all of this asset price inflation we're, we're seeing right now, I think is a direct result of really what the government's done over the last 10 years. And so, I think 2021 is probably going to feel good for a lot of people. I think the government is creating a lot of inflation. And I think in the early stages, that feels great. It's the bust that comes after it, which is problematic when we got to pay the piper. And
1: only certain people are paying.
2: Yeah. The reality is it's weird for a guy like me to say this because I really am a hardcore anarcho-capitalist and don't believe in central states and taxation, but I believe in higher tax rates before I believe in something that's far worse, which is the stealth tax of printing money. And so that really hurts society when you've got a tremendous amount of inflation creep in. And I think that's what this government's gonna do.
1: Next time on Colony Confidential.
2: I've often viewed a recession is a result of a boom, like in a boom bust cycle. And so the recession is what ultimately cleans up and purges the economy when you have business owners that make bad decisions based on the projection or you, as an entrepreneur, what do you do? You try to allocate resources, labor and time and land and capital, and you create a business and you try to serve needs well over a period of time in the kind of inflationary booms, entrepreneurs make a lot of mistakes and the recession Purchase that. That cleans out crappy businesses. It cleans out bad decisions. It makes the economy ultimately stronger where the, the fittest survive.
0: Mr. and Miss America, all the ships at sea. Ed Sheehan for Colony Confidential. You know, I've always said training never ends. In order to be successful, you have to keep learning. In my operations, there's nothing like learning on the go. Check out Nobi, it's a micro learning platform. That delivers all your employee training, onboarding, and community all in one place. Find it at Nobe.com. How do you spell Nobe? That's G-N-O-W-B-E.